welcome to Australian Women Preach, a podcast that aims to raise women's voices in preaching the gospel. Our intention is to model the church we want to be, inclusive, diverse and welcoming. Brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. Vicky Gonzalez Burrows is the mother of two small children with two teenage stepchildren living on Wajaknunga country in Perth. She's the executive director of Mission and Ethos at Mercy Care, an early learning community services and aged care organisation in the Mercy Spirit. Vicky is spiritual director, vice president of Spiritual Care Australia, and enjoys singing and dancing and being with friends and family. Today's Gospel is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 29 to 30. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the town, while it was very dark, he got up and went to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for them. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighbouring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I have come to do. And he went through the gallery, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. So this is a gospel text about mission, Jesus' mission and our mission. It tells us the story of Jesus healing Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And in this interaction and his healing of demons as they went out to spread the gospel. So this is in the Gospel of Mark. And it is believed that this was mainly for a Gentile audience. Mark is known to be the gospel of expedience. You know, he goes straight to the point and he shows us the ways and works of Jesus. So this story being set really early on in Jesus' mission in Capernaum, a small fishing town. He just gathered his disciples, these fishermen, to become fisher of men. And this story that we heard is coming straight after his first public teaching in the synagogue. And we remember that it was a Sabbath day, a holy day, a day not to be doing healing, but a day that Jesus does I'm going to focus on this woman that he's healing. Simon Peter's mother-in-law, she had a fever. In those days, you couldn't take a Panadol. You know, a fever might mean death that would be likely to come. And I've been thinking about this story and what is particularly significant, you know, is that he touched her. And we know that in Jesus' time, there was a connection between illness and evil spirits. If one was ill, perhaps there'd been a presence of evil spirits. There was this stigma connected to this experience. So in this action, Jesus is showing compassion. He's healing her of whatever may have been causing her that pain. And beginning to include her in his community, rather than excluding her, touching her. Now our understanding of illness and disease and spirits has moved a long way, and I'm not going to explore that today. However, we know the power of healing presence, of touch, of deep listening and inclusion. 
and what that difference can make to people's lives when we include those who are being excluded. You know, another way that people were being excluded in Jesus' time was through gender. She was a woman. So it's very significant that she chose her second act of healing, one of whose first priorities to be healed, to touch a woman, an unnamed woman at that. She was a widow. She had no husband, we assume, a son or male relatives. It was his mother-in-law. So she herself had deep vulnerabilities, very fragile opportunities. She was vulnerable and at the whim of those around her. She was a non-person. Another example in the gospel of a woman not being named. So this woman who's not even named becomes the centre of this story, the start of Jesus' message. This message where Jesus came to heal, to lift up the lowly, to set the captives free, to show a new way of being. I love this woman and I love her response to the healing. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. Her direct response is service. It's mission focused. She is healed and she goes to support others on their journey. You know, I think she embodies this beautiful gift of the feminine, of the mother, this generosity in serving. You know, she'd received something pretty amazing, this deep blessing of life and health. And her response was not to hold on to it, but was to share, to serve. And I think that's a great model for us. We're grateful for our gifts and use them as opportunities to serve others. This word service, um, if this, this translation, if it's looked at in the Greek, is diakoin. And it's where we get the word diaconate from. So this text is often used as evidence to show the role of women were some of the first deacons in the early church. So this woman was once excluded for her realness, is now serving, having an important role in this early church community, using her lived experience to help others. Jesus is making a powerful statement here about who we listen to. And it reminds me of the Good Samaritan story, the story of an outsider showing us that it's not always those in the in-group or the expected who show us how to love and how to live the gospel message. I work in a Catholic organisation founded on the gospel messages that has a clear mission to bring God's abundant love and mercy through compassionate justice-filled actions in early learning, community services and aged care. And one of my greatest privileges in my role is witnessing staff's attention to our mission. Staff who come from vastly different backgrounds, religions and culture, who show us how to reach to the margins to seek who might be excluded from the community today. You know, ensuring our services reach out to the LGBTI communities, Aboriginal communities, vulnerable families. Ensuring that we listen to the quieter voices. Those with lived experience are at the centre of our work in mission. You know, this is about the reign of God. And this is the type of world that Jesus comes to show us. As followers of Jesus, his mission is also connected to our own mission, to include those who are excluded. Mission. What's this mission about? What fuels it? What gives us this energy? So no matter how many times I've heard this passage, there's one line that always stands out to me. In the morning, while it was still very dark, He got up and went to a deserted place, and there he prayed. Yes, it's about prayer with God, but this week I'm really struck by how much this time of prayer is about fueling his mission, the mission. 
Even Jesus needs that connection to God, to be nurtured, to ground him. We today might talk about filling our cup, about connecting to what's meaningful to us, what brings us purpose. For many of us, one of the elements might be connection to God. And I ask myself and ask you to consider, how often do I fill my cup? What have I done this week to intentionally make time, like Jesus, to be with God? Now, I know this isn't easy for us. I work full time. I have a busy family, a one-year-old, a three-year-old and and teenage stepchildren. But my relationship with God is still important. God speaks quietly to me in that moments of a tender breastfeeding moment. It's the Taze prayer I sing as I drive to work. That I don't have as much ability right now to get up early to pray as I have a small child often attached to my breast. But I know I need to fill my cup. God is coming disguised as my life every day. But sometimes it's by taking the brief little moments of stillness, every little moment that I can find, the pause in between a meeting, the moment I go to the toilet if I'm lucky enough to not have a child with me, to fuel my mission, to keep me on track. Because just like Jesus, these moments enable me to be on point to be on purpose, to be focused on my mission. In that moment where Jesus went away and prayed, it enabled him to come back and not be distracted by the crowds, by the noise that is going on. The text calls us and says, when they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go to the neighbourhood towns that I may proclaim the message there also, for this is what I have come to do. Everyone's at his door wanting his attention. But he knows in his centering pro, in the connection with God, this is where I must be now. On mission, knowing what was important and what needs to be done. Without his reflection, without prayer, we can get distracted by the noise. And so can I. So this gospel reminds me that Jesus' mission is also my mission. And I need to think about within the context and the busyness of other communities that I work with, how am I serving? But also how am I being grounded, my moments of prayer, to be on purpose and to not be distracted by the crowds? You have been listening to Australian Women Preach, brought to you by WATAC, Women and the Australian Church and The Grail in Australia. You can find out more about WATAC at watac, W-A-T-A-C, dot net, dot A-U, and The Grail at grailaustralia.org.au. The music in this podcast is from the song Truth, from the album Into Silence, by songwriter, musician, theologian and teacher Danielle Ann Lynch. You can hear the full version on Spotify. Spotify.